You're listening to The Birdbath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Welcome back to The Birdbath. Each week, we'll be scraping the surface of the news you need to know, so let's get into it. Let's kick off August with some numbers. Year-to-date revenue last week was 6.9% above the same period last year at veterinary practices across the country, according to the latest VetWatch Weekly Insight report. The interesting thing about these figures, though, is that total invoices, unique clients, and unique patients were all down. What that's leading us to believe is that there's been an increase in the average check transaction, And perhaps we're seeing an increase in prices at the practices or actually an increase in the total number of things that are being done at each visit. For the overall U.S. government, the Bureau of Economic Development reported a 2.4% GDP growth for Q2, which beat expectations. So folks that were expecting a bit of a recession or a sharp dive into a recession are now seeing that perhaps we'll have more of a soft landing. Excited to see where these go, and each quarter and each month we'll be giving you updated figures. Now taking things across the globe, last week we reported on the tough admission standards and demand for more vet schools in the U.S., but people in Australia and New Zealand are having different issues. At least one of the eight veterinary schools in Australia and New Zealand is, quote, in a precarious financial position and may close. Vin reported on this this week, and they've actually reached out and contacted all eight of the different schools, but none of them raised their hand as the one at risk, which which shouldn't be a surprise, really. It's kind of interesting to note, though, that Australian New Zealand schools heavily rely on subsidies from the government. They work between a combination of government grants and tuition. So, for instance, domestic students in Australia get government subsidies and have their out-of-pocket fees capped at a maximum of just under $8,000 per year. The total money only covers around a third of the average estimated cost per student. And then when you expect to see that the universities through other grants and funds are picking up the remainder of it. It's interesting. It's unique in the sense that, you know, in the U.S., we're seeing massive student debt. And the massive student debt is something that's driving a push for more new grads to be signing longer-term contracts, signing deals with signing bonuses, and in some situations, feeling a little stuck working for certain providers. But the flip side is that the universities are still open and still able to continue to have people graduating and and participating in the universities and, and adding more DVMs to the mix. So... It's a tough piece. I don't think either one is the right solution. So we'll have to see what happens. If we find out which school is in this situation or if one of them does close, you'll be sure to hear it first. In other university news, the state board has approved Arkansas State University Veterinary School. ASU's Chancellor Todd Shields says the goal for the first group of students will be to begin their veterinary studies in the fall of 2024. They are targeting a below average tuition, which will bring things to about $17,000 per Arkansas resident and $27,000 per semester for out-of-state students. So comparing it to our previous story right there of $8,000 annually versus seventeen dollars and $27,000 per semester, you can see where some of that cost difference is, is coming up. It's, it's a pretty far cry from where the Australian tuitions were. 
it would be nice to see a reduction in the overall cost of student tuitions. The University of Missouri has taken steps to tackle the mental health crisis that's plaguing our industry. They have embedded mental health providers within their veterinary college. They're placing mental health professionals within the university's College of Veterinary Medicine, and they'll work directly with veterinary students to provide mental health services. These professionals will continue working and counseling students, grad students, interns, and residents. They've been working initially to start with seminars helping in crisis, assessing suicide risk, evidence-based stress management, substance use, interpersonal effective skills, and more. This is key. I mean, lots and lots of kudos and thanks to the University of Missouri for tackling this head on. I think there's two major gaps. One is the business education that should be part of the curriculum, but more importantly, the mental health piece. We all know that this is a very difficult profession and, and one that has claimed way too many lives. And the ability for a university to address this, take this on, and and hopefully help graduates and postgraduates continue to be mentally healthy and safe and secure is, is huge. So a big thank you from all of us at the Bird Bath to the University of Missouri. Uh, I'd love to see this continue on at other schools. If other schools are doing this, please reach out. I'd love to highlight what you're doing as well. In some scientific news, eGenesis has started transplanting gene-edited pig's hearts into infant baboons, and humans may be next. eGenesis has been using the gene editing tool CRISPR to make around 70 edits to the pig's genome. These edits should allow the organs to be successfully transplanted into people, the team say. As soon as next year, eGenesis hopes to transplant pig hearts into babies with serious heart defects. The goal is to buy them more time to wait for human hearts. Uh, because of the size and the overall scope, it's, it's not a long-term solution, but it is something that would, in theory, allow them to continue to live longer and not have the same mortality rate that we're seeing. It's definitely a complex and deeply ethical topic to discuss, not one that that I plan to weigh in too heavily on, but it's one that, you know, I'd love to see the the use of CRISPR and the ability to utilize these edits to be able to increase longevity of life, not only for humans, but hopefully for the pet population and the animal population in the whole. eGenesis plans to perform at least one operation with a pig to baboon transfer over the next 12 months one operation per month for the next 12 months, and the team hope they'll be able to fix the surgical issues and enable the baboons to live longer. This has already been something that they've successfully done with kidneys, and they've had some of the baboons that they've been working with survive over a year. So hopefully it's something we can continue to see. I know none of us love seeing this, you know, the loss of any life through research, but if this can be something that we can continue to find a solution and, and longevity for, it would be incredible to see. In corporate news, Dr. Cody Creelman, CEO and founder of FenVet out of Canada, published something really interesting and cool on his LinkedIn. He put his entire business plan and financial spreadsheets on LinkedIn to the public for anyone to share. I reached out to Dr. Creelman and he said, I don't have any secrets. The business plan is hard, but it's also the easiest part of building and operating a clinic. So I don't get worried if someone copies it and builds a clinic beside me. The hard part is what comes after. FenVet currently has two locations in Canada. And when I asked Dr. Creelman about 
expansion and growth. He said, maybe it'll be two, maybe 10, maybe a hundred. I'll be happy with any number as long as I'm able to keep doing what I'm doing. We'll be sure to link that post for anyone looking to build a de novo practice. Uh, if you decide to utilize his resource and, and take advantage of it, reach out and let us know. I'd love to hear how that goes and, and where your practice grows from there. Another group that definitely has very large and ambitious goals is Petfolk. Petfolk raised their Series B of between 35 and $40 million, bringing their total raise to over $75 million of funding in the last two rounds, according to Crunchbase. They currently have seven clinics listed on their website with several more planned in the next 12 months. Petfolk offers telehealth and mobile pet care access and alongside their brick and mortar operations. It's definitely been a neat thing to be able to see the growth of this. Petfolk, along with the team at Modern Animal, Bonvet, and some of the others that you've heard around in the space, are bringing more of a hybrid model to the industry. Petfolk's not only doing it through brick and mortar and telehealth, but by adding in the mobile component as well, should see them scaling and growing pretty quickly. For more telehealth news, AirVet just closed a funding round of $18.2 million. That gives them over $33 million of total funding. And when speaking to TechCrunch, CEO Brandon Werber declined to go into specifics about how many customers or growth revenues, but he said he expects AirVet to reach over 50 customers in the next year. I have to think those are over 50 enterprise customers, but we'd love to hear more from the team at AirVet about where they see this capital being deployed and how they see the business growing. However, even with the need for more veterinarians, it's not a given that they can be successful. We all saw in the past month or so that Fuzzy, a company that raised over $80 million of funding, pretty quickly shut down in June and without any explanation. We're still researching this, still trying to get a clear report on what happened there, but it's not a given just because you're bringing in this money that we can continue to see growth. Arabit's got a really strong team and a great product, so I'll be really interested to see what happens there. Barbie mania has hit the vet clinics. Airbnb, Coldstone Creamery, Pinkberry, Zara, PacSun, every cosmetic brand you can think of. And now Cubex are bringing Barbie to your vet clinic. After making over three quarters of a billion dollars worldwide, that bright Barbie pink color could be showing up on your Cubex Mini Plus machine. Cubex launched their pink Cubex Mini Plus last week. And although it's not an official collaboration, their marketing and branding really did a great job of highlighting some of the fun things that we're going to see. If you get one of these machines, I'd love to see it lined up in the vet clinic next to all the other colors or lack thereof. It could be really fun to be able to see some more people bringing color and, and a little more life to their equipment and their practices. For more on these and other stories, join us by subscribing to The Fountain Report. The link is in the bio. And don't miss out on any episodes of The Birdbath by subscribing and rating the show. For The Birdbath, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week.